Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hi, everyone. As promised, you guys are getting an extra bonus episode of me and Jamila Reddy's conversation around greeting grief at the door. It was a chat we initially had on Instagram that we took to Zoom, and now it is here for you all to enjoy. Also, just a heads up and a little reminder that the registration for my next course, A Journey Home, closes on the 15th, so just in a couple days, and we start the course together on Sunday, and I am so, so so excited. I hope to see you all there. The community is growing and it is beautiful. And I'm so grateful for you all's support during this time. Okay. Enjoy this convo with me and Jamila. Take care. Back at it again. Back at it again off of our live. I definitely wanted to have something for the people that we could save and reflect back on. I think a lot of folks really enjoyed our podcast episode together and they had their journals out and they were ready to chit chat and all of that. So I would love to just kind of backtrack a little bit and talk about healing coming in waves. My children are upstairs. Slowing down our desire to want to rush into our healing and also giving ourselves grace to really grow through it and try to find not the out, but really the in of everything that we're working through in our own lives. And now with this pandemic as well, an added pressure of fear and anxiety. For sure. I think, yeah, I keep returning to this idea that it's okay not to be okay. And even every time I say that, immediately there's an inner voice that's like, nah, uh, no, it's not. Like you need to get out of that immediately. Or there's the fear voice of like, oh, I say that it's okay to be not okay. Mm-hmm. Am I encouraging somebody to abandon self-care? And mm. I feel like my understanding of that sentiment is that it's normal and natural and a quality of the human experience to have a multitude of emotions Mm -hmm. and to move through different feelings at all times. And so feeling sadness or anxiety, I don't have to problematize it. I don't have to create a narrative about the feeling. I can just simply feel it. Mm -hmm. And then being willing to sit with the discomfort of whatever the feeling is. And I think that's where the rushing comes from. It's like, I don't want to feel this anymore. I want to feel better now. And so So just trusting that the feeling is going to come and go and that I don't have to move myself 
I don't have to run towards feeling good, that I can just sit with whatever I feel and trust that it's going to move. When I think about grief, I always think about grief as like a visitor, like feelings as visitors to my home. Mm -hmm. And like sometimes grief knocks on the door and I'm like, ooh, you know what? Ooh, actually, this is not quite the right time. You know, I kind of have something to do or like, <laughs> ooh, actually, I'm busy over here with Joy. So maybe you could just stay out there. Right. And then like, okay, well, if you don't open the door, mm. I'm going to bust it down <laughs> and then move in. So, right. <laughs> so it's like, if I just say, oh, grief is here. Okay, come in. Let's sit together. And I don't really want grief to be there. But if I just sit there, at a certain point, grief is going to be like, all right, well, been here long enough. So right. goodbye. Yeah. And then another guest will come. Mm. And so just thinking about how can I greet it as a welcome guest instead of trying to blockade my door, right. which would be exhausted and still hearing the grief, you know, still being disrupted by it, except for just not sitting with it. So something I've been thinking about is being in partnership with my pain. And that's mainly because I'm a runner. I like to run away from things that scare me, that are painful, that are traumatic. Hey. You know, bye, see you. Right. Yeah. Um, but instead, I think healing and pain in my life have to go hand in hand because it's hard to feel one without the other. They really are in tandem. And looking at my pain as a partner in my process to grow and learn, not only is it challenging, but it's uncomfortable. But that's where the lessons live in there. So what has your pain taught you about partnership? And what are some writing practices that are helping you look at both the healing, the pain, and also finding the connection between the two, maybe individually or maybe together? So I love that. I wish I had my journal in front because I love the idea of pain, you know, becoming partners with pain, because I'd like to think of all of my emotions as all of them are sort of complicit in my self-development and my fullest self and my greatest joy. Mm -hmm. And so disappointment points me to what's missing and pain points me towards what do I need to do to feel whole and so I love this idea of there's this sort of like a theory that as a healer or as a, a light worker you know anybody who shows up in the world to help other people create their best lives and to find healing and wholeness that our expertise comes from having lived it that if I didn't have a grief experience, I couldn't support someone else through their grief experience. And if I didn't feel the dissonance of living out of alignment and not honoring my purpose, I would have nothing to offer people who are going through that same thing. Right. And so remembering that any emotion or feeling, pain, discomfort, grief, anxiety, all of those are pointing me in the direction of what's important to me, of what my values are, what's missing, what needs to be nurtured, mm. what needs to be put down. And that's where the healing is. It's like, you can't heal a wound. If you cut your arm open, if you're like, oh, not gonna look at it, then good luck trying to bandage it up right. or heal it if you're refusing to attend to it. Mm -hmm. So I feel the same way about emotional pain is that my willingness to face it and to tend to it is foundational right. to healing it. Self-care during this time of chaos, this 
time of being at home with ourselves. You know, not everyone in our community is quarantined with family. You know, right. some of them are by themselves. What support can we offer them in times of loneliness and in times of facing their pain on the page? Because I think it can be really challenging to just be alone, you know, and not have anyone, you know, so many different things can come up in that solitude. So I wonder what we could say, how we can support folks who may be with family as we are, but have, you know, kind of the freedom to have our own space within that. But also for our folks who don't have that, and they're really, you know, struggling with maybe feeling lonely or having to like address things that are coming up that they haven't addressed. You know, a lot can happen in solitude. What would you say to that? The times that I have felt lonely are really the times I've wanted comfort and resonance and just wanting to feel connected and feeling like that's unavailable to me. And so I've had to do a lot of reminding myself that I am my primary partner, that my biggest relationship is with myself. And again, that the experience is temporary. And so without feeling any need or pressure to rush into doing to get out of the lonely feeling, just asking like, okay, what is this loneliness telling me that I want? Like, what am I craving? And I think a lot of times people like self-care from the hurt place, like, okay, I feel this uncomfortable, negative feeling and I want to get out of it versus thinking I'm at a neutral at all times. How can I move towards joy and pleasure and comfort and whatever it is that I want to move towards? Right. And so, yeah, I think knowing that everything I want is always available to me, Mm. not necessarily in the ways that I want them to come, Mm -hmm. um, but that the feeling, the state, it's like, it really is a matter of my inner quality of life really does impact the way that I experience the world. And so trusting that I have the internal resources to be able to either sit with loneliness and not try to move myself out of it or kind of recalibrate myself and figure out, okay, so I'm craving connection. How can I connect with myself? Do I need to just sit here and have a coffee date with me and say, okay, Jamila, what is your biggest hope right now? What is your dream? And I love to think about actually dating myself. Like, Mm. okay, if you're dating someone, you want to get to know them and you want to spend time with them and have quality conversation. So doing that with myself first and letting that be the baseline, but then also not cutting myself off from connection, right? right? And like, if I'm feeling like I need something to just pursue it until that need is fulfilled, mm-hmm. right? And like, not just saying, okay, not resigning to the discomfort of the feeling. And I think that's something that you know, people are like, I'm lonely, I can't go to my friend's house. And so I'm just going to be lonely. Think creatively, mm. right? There's so many ways to connect with people. And I find that in this time, people are getting so creative about ways to connect. Even here, you know, it's like we're connecting on IG, that didn't work. We're connecting on Zoom. Like you've got to, to not settle for anything less. You know, that's the, the lesson that I keep coming back to is I'm not going to settle. If I'm not fulfilled in some area, I'm going to keep pursuing fulfillment until I get it. Mm. And to mm. trust that as long as you're in process, you will arrive or, you know, as long as you don't give up on the feeling that you're seeking, it will come. And so just, again, being willing to endure the journey. It's like, yeah, it's not always going to be what you want all the time. My niece has been saying, you can't always get what you want.
Something I would offer too is really choosing to take certain moments as they come without anything attached to them. Yeah. No negativity, no judgment, no shame. I think right now there's a lot of talk about being productive. That's why I asked you that question earlier when we were on Instagram, like the glory in patience over productivity. Mm -hmm. Because right now, yeah, we could be getting a lot of stuff done, but we also couldn't. We also right. may not want to. You know, we also are going through a lot of other real life things that make us feel, let's just learn to be patient with ourselves. And I think if I'm learning anything during this pandemic and just as a student of life is that I'm really impatient mm. and I am trying to take more time to get to know why and like what that stems from, where that comes from. And I and it, a lot of it has to do with childhood stuff and a lot of it has to do with, you know, nervousness and uncertainty. I used to run from that self dialogue, that conversation with myself. But now I lean into it because as you said, if we're not addressing it, it's just going to keep. So I would encourage our community to address whatever comes up. If you're scared right, right now, address it. If you're anxious right. about money or, you know, food, resources, address it. And then name what you need. If you have a community, if you have any way to get in, out in front of folks and people who will offer love and support to you, do it. I think that it's really important now more than ever, because we need each other in this time, to name our needs and to self-advocate. It is powerful. And if you are having trouble like me being impatient, talk to folks who understand and who understand you. I remember when this was all happening and I got really nervous. I had a lot of plans. I had a lot of things to get done, right? So funny how things work out. It doesn't matter what we plan or want to get done. It has It's not on our time, really. And I kept saying, like, I have so much stuff to do. I, I And I, I have so much stuff to get done. And people are coming from here and there, blah, blah. And Ryan was like, I hear you. I feel you. But this isn't just going to disrupt what you've got going on. Right. It's going to disrupt what everybody has going on. And I think when it first came to the forefront, I was like, oh, this will blow over, this will pass, and life will be back to normal, and I can get back to work. No. And just like Ryan said, this isn't just small impact. This is big impact, and we're seeing it. So that was kind of like stage one of exercising patience, because I'm also kind of a control freak. I like to know what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, how it's going to get done. And in this instance, that can't happen. We don't know. So if that isn't exercising the utmost patience, I don't know what is. And also stepping outside of ourselves and saying like, yo, this isn't just my problem. This is a collective problem. And coming together is really the only way we're going to be able to move through it. There's no other way. There's no other way. And I feel like something that's helping me a lot is just being curious. Mm -hmm. Like, huh, what's going to happen? And I think sometimes for me, anxiety, if I can transmute it, sometimes transmute it to curiosity. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. I can transform that to there's so many possibilities. <laughs> and 
let me think about all of the ways. Like, huh, what if, you know, like really and truly, what if, like I'm getting people's addresses. I'm like, send me your address as soon as we hang up. Okay, text me your address because are we gonna have to be writing letters? Like what is really good? Like, are we gonna have to be like biking? I mean, just <laughs> thinking, just imagining like the infinite possibilities and also trusting that it's all temporary and human beings have survived everything. Here we still are, plagues, okay, full extinction, like evolution of our actual physical physical bodies, like, you know, natural disasters, like this is, we're not new to this. And so this is just sort of our turn. And I've been asking myself also, like, not what can I do? Oh, there's so many things I could be doing, but what value can be created? What value can I create? Right. And when I think about creating value as opposed to doing things, right. Then resting is creating value. Feeling my sad feelings is creating value. The value that comes out of creating my sad feelings is that I'm being vulnerable and I'm opening myself up to, you know, love and connection and healing. And it's not always about the productivity, but creating value, creating something of value could be appreciating a plant outside, Mm -hmm. showing gratitude. That's creating some value. And Mm so sort of shifting my focus from like, what can I physically create to what is the kind of energetic value that I can contribute right now. It could be a whole lot of nothing. It could be a whole lot of laying in the bed and it could be, you know, teaching a four week webinar, like whatever value I can add in the moment is up to me. And there's no hierarchy, like offering somebody a blessing, just saying like, I'm wishing for your happiness today. I have done something like that is no small gesture Mm. and just kind of taking myself away from the myth that the value that I create is has to be tangible this is not time for that thanks for listening to the show today please rate subscribe and review also feel free to share with a friend we love having our community grow music is by DC's own Kokai The Hey Girl podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.